This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders and other game wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women who call themselves Game Wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Warden's Watch, Episode 78, Pennsylvania Game Commission, The Veteran. What's great about the Great American Outdoor Show is we get to hang out with the Pennsylvania Game Commission and the wardens thereof, like Brandon Feaster. Feaster it I is. got it right. I got it right. So, <laughs> <laughs> And it's been a pretty cool thing. I mean, we just hung out with a bunch of snakes. Uh, they rolled into the room as we started the podcast, and I think we all have the same feeling about snakes here. Yeah. You know, it was like I was saying there with that guy, like... I have no problem messing with the bears and everything, but you get a you know a night crawler that's over eight inches. Not my cup of tea. It no, might be a snake. No, uh, Matt Holmes, one of the guys that worked for me, the funniest thing in the world. When he s- thinks he sees a snake, he can put his knees like literally above his shoulders, um, <laughs> and he does this little <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know. And I think everybody would think you know game guys, game wardens. You know, we'd be like, oh yeah, just handling snakes like it's no big it's deal. A, but for me, it's a surprise. Yeah, it's it's not that the snake's there. Uh, I'm like, once I know, I'm like semi okay, but it's a surprise. 
So I was working in New River Gorge as a law enforcement park ranger there. We're walking along these cliffs, and the, the park ranger in front of me uh, says casually to me, Wayne, don't step on the black snake. And the way he said it, I was like, yeah, there's no friggin' black snake there. He's just making fun. And, yeah, there was, like, one right near my feet. And, you know, here there's a cliff, and I'm, I'm getting ju- I'm jumpy, and I'm like, what the f- you know, I'm ready to jump off New River Gorge um, and end up. I was like, are, are you kidding me? You know, yeah. and my first reaction is to grab your handgun. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's just natural, right? You get yeah. started, that's what you go for. Yeah, we're supposed to protect these things. And I'm like, oh, it's something in that. You know, I think uh, when Adam and Eve had that whole serpent thing, I, I, I think something got instilled in us then that we oh, just. Oh, it had to. You know what I mean? I, like you said, it's that whole they just lay there all quiet. And then <sighs> all of a sudden, you know, like we were talking there with that guy about rattlesnakes, you know, they'll yeah. lay there. And then all of a sudden, they'll just Shanghai you. And you hear that rattle. Everybody knows what that is. Yeah, did you see him hand that snake right out uh, yeah. to, to his son there? He just kind of, I thought it was a fake snake. I did, he too. Just, <laughs> he just hands it to him. And all of a sudden, I see the head start bobbing. I'm like, yeah, that thing's, yeah. That thing's all there, man. And, and, and the kid just grabbed it like, oh, this is normal. Like, yeah, it it like was normal, normal for yeah, him, wasn't like, it? I do this all the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, we're going to have to get him on a show because uh, – that was a. He was entertaining in the conversation. He seems like he's an interesting dude, you know. Same Very as interesting. Prior dude. And yeah. Now he's doing this. It'd be a neat story to hear. Yeah. Just, you that, know where he's went in his career and yeah. the path it took him. Yeah. He talked about using snakes in movies and yeah. things like that. So I'm like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. So, so Brandon, how long you been with the department? Oh man, let's see. Oh uh, four um, is when I originally started coming on with them. Uh, came on as a deputy. You did? Uh, yeah, started I love off those my stories. career as a deputy. So it was kind of interesting, you know, how it got started. Um, you know, I look back in my career and prior to get, and getting in this, uh, I was in direct mail. Um, and so all that stuff you would throw out, uh, you know, your solicitations for credit cards, uh, we manufactured that. And uh, I call it wow. junk mail. That's what everybody threw out. It sounds boring. Oh, it was, it was crazy, you know. Yeah. Uh, and every time you whack your hand on the table, it, it makes a sound and it gets recorded. So we just don't want to that. let you know. So we ended then up. Then I have to tell people what you're doing because I keep hearing this thump, thump, and they're like, what the heck is that noise? Like so. somebody's getting whooped in the background yeah. or something. <laughs> but we ended up, uh, you know, I did that for a number of years. Uh, did well at it. It was, a, you know, a good career. We, mm-hmm. I worked here and then internationally we had operations in Mexico. Back and forth, got sick of the traveling, hard on the family. Mm. But a guy I worked with was a deputy. And uh, he kind of brought it up to me. He just talked to him one day like, hey, you know, what's this all about? And uh, just really got intrigued in it mm. and got bit by it. I did a ride along uh, with the guy at the time. And it was, as they say, it was just in the wind after that, man. I got bit by that bug and that was the end of it. So mm. did five years as a deputy uh, under two different guys. Uh, great wardens, amazing. Uh, one was a real package, uh, uh, Warden Al Zellner, great guy. What a trip he was, you know, old guy from up in the Cool Cracker area of Pennsylvania. So he was quite a package and really learned a ton Quite the from name, him. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, learned a bunch there and then uh, got in, didn't get in the academy the first time. I tried and uh, I missed it just by one point, I guess. And was now a what, what, what's that mean? You, you tested and you didn't get it by one point? Or? Yeah, so uh, I took the civil service test to get mm-hmm. in, uh, and I was kind of we didn't have an alternate list back then when mm-hmm. I took the test. So I was kind of just outside that bubble with the interviews and all that to get into the class, and I would have been the next one in line. So they took 30 guys, mm-hmm. and I would have been number 31 on the list, and I uh, didn't make it in the class. So I was a little frustrated and kind of bummed out and thought, well, maybe I'll take a career in regular traditional law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't give up this game-worn stuff. I just loved it and tested the following year and got in. And 
it's it's been a it's been a wild ride since you yeah know, just getting out full time and uh just really getting into some great cases over the years just amazing stuff and you have a deputy with you today yeah i do got one of my deputies with me uh he's been on now a little over a year and a half and uh you know we were talking there earlier yeah. you know he's bit by the bug he wants yeah. it now too so uh, it's a great process. the same path you did basically yeah right along the exact same path uh we have an interesting story met him out hunting and uh, came up to me and we just started kind of talking and you know we I liked his truck at the time. He had an old mm. square body Chevy truck. And I was like, man, I love your square body Chevy truck. You know how long you had it. Just BSing. And I said, did you ever think about being a game warden? You like hunting, you know, just kind of seemed like a woodsy kind of guy. And I've been saying that a lot uh, at this show this week, you yeah. know, just trying to get that interest, get that thought. And he said, you know, I've always wanted to be in law enforcement, but just never thought I could do it. So yeah. I said, get a hold of me. Here's my card. I'll tell you about the deputy program. And then fast forward a couple months after that, he gave me a call. And he's like, can I do that ride along? And uh, he's never looked back since. Uh, the year he's been on now, he's logged almost 400 hours of you know, time on with me, training nice. and doing his stuff. So nice. it's, it's an amazing thing the Pennsylvania Game Commission does with that program and fostering those guys along. Yeah. You know, it's a really good way to delve into it and see what we got going on in, right. the, in the commission. It seems like a very successful deputy program, which you don't see nowadays. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really unique in the fact that it's that volunteer part-time thing for mm. these guys, but they just love it. You know, they get they yeah. get paid for their time on, and once they get hooked on it, it's mm-hmm. the same way I was, man. It was like, yeah. it's all I wanted to do and focus on was becoming a full-time warden. And, you know, you talk about regrets looking back, and I tell everybody this. My biggest regret was I didn't do this earlier in life. Mm. You know, I did it as I was older. You know, I was the old guy in my class. I was, at the time, I was like 36, 37. Really? So you don't look old, that old. I was the old guy in my class. Well, thank you. I'm wow. 45, so. Okay. No young pup, but yeah. uh, it was, it, it's You're wearing great. well, Brandon. Thank you. Yes. Well, it's the job. I mean. Yeah. If you don't feel like you ever worked a day in your life, you don't age, right? Uh, I wish that was the <laughs> truth. <laughs> So give us a good game warden story because listeners love stories. And um, so, uh, how about I'll, you? You think on that because I'm going to tell them a good game warden story yeah. is how you blew up my TikTok account. Yeah, I'll so it. Morgan Day, uh, college girl, uh, she doesn't like to be called a girl. I'm sorry, Morgan, a college uh, woman that uh, was doing my social media and outreach, and she's great. She's like, I started a TikTok account for you, Wayne, not for your generation, but for mine. And we played with it. We did different posts on here. I think I had 500 followers. Um, and then you did the Elk Bugle. And it was just one of those things. You were talking to this real nice lady. She had a great personality. You guys were going back and forth. And then you just pulled out the little elk whistle that Pennsylvania has and started describing it to her because you guys had been joking around. Yeah. And she was wicked good-natured. And you just started. I grabbed my phone. And, and for once, I did something right. I, I videotaped you. <laughs> Um, uh, talking about that uh, very unique whistle uh, in all kinds of ways, and uh, I, I, you know, I said I, I posted on my TikTok account, and uh, I posted on other ones. It didn't do so good. TikTok it exploded. Isn't that just crazy? Uh, exploded, and I, I want everybody to know when I talk about exploded, I'm talking like 1.9 million people have seen this. Yeah. One, that, that, that's viral. That's that's yeah. that. Uh, I, I, I blew my mind, Brandon. That. 
you know, I never would have guessed that. You know, like you said, we were just having such a good time interacting with that lady. What a good-hearted lady. You know, we've been clowning around for, what, probably 15 minutes or so? Yeah. Just talking, having a good time. And, you know, I just put on that little spiel clowning around about that elk whistle. You just happened to catch it. And, I know. And just amazing. You would have done I, it with or without me. Yeah. I, didn't, I never would have guessed no. that we would have had that many people. You it know? cracks me. Your daughter's telling you all this yeah. information. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at home that night. And my daughter's like, Dad, I saw you on TikTok. And I'm like, what? You saw me on TikTok? <laughs> She's like, yeah, Dad, you're going to go viral. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm all right. And then the next thing you know, you guys are, like, texting me, guys in the agency, like, dude, it's blowing up on TikTok. I'm like, wow, never in a million years would have thought that. Never in a million years would I have thought it either. Just crazy, you know, how those little tidbits of time, you know. And and this is really the first time we've really chatted, you know, Mm -hmm. other than being here at the show. Yeah. And I always think those relationships to me are just amazing how – those little snippets in time for us, uh-huh. and now here we are, you know, doing a podcast, talking about warning and yeah. just how things work out in life. It's just amazing to me where life takes you. Right, and and you as a warden reached 1.9 million people, and l- let me tell you, I mean, <laughs> you you brag, Pennsylvania drags around a million hunters. We almost doubled what the hunting thing is, and that's that's all about outreach. I mean, whether you're doing social media or anything that develops, is we have to be in that game. We have to engage those people where they're at, not yep. where we like them to be, not where they're at. And yeah. it, yep. it, it's work, I will tell you, as trying to put the, the podcast out there. It's work doing this, but if we're not doing it, we're not going to reach them. Exactly. And it's it's so important. You know, what you're doing is so important for us as wardens. Wardens all across everywhere, you know, the United States, the world even. And just, I still run into people today that are like, what do you do? Mm. They just don't Why do you carry a gun? Yeah, they don't understand mm. what we do. And I love to spend time with people like that and engage yeah. them and, you know, fill them in. And usually by the end of it, they're just like, I have no idea you guys did all that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, it's just... It's great, and I love coming to these shows and talking with people and just letting them know what we are and what we do. It's, yeah. it's, it's outstanding. I, I, I do too, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's been a stretch for me here. Yeah, yeah I think I'm, uh, you know, from we're Saturday to Saturday, so it's seven days straight for me seven so far. Seven days, and this show has been busy. It has been busy, but, uh, yeah, handing out cards, talking to them about being game wardens, inspiring. Some of these parents are loving it. You know, they, I get the grin behind the, the, the 17, the 16-year-old, and they are like, yeah, that's – and I've had two parents say, we've had this conversation on the way here today – about your future and things, and then this guy engages you and talks to you about it, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Um, it the is. podcast has produced some game wardens. Uh, at least yeah. they've sent me inspiration. You know, hey, I just got hired here. I just got hired here. But listening to your podcast has inspired me and encouraged me, and that's 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 what it's here for. You know, and when we hear those things, you know, isn't it great to hear that? You know, mm-hmm. when somebody lets you know that. Um, I had a guy. Uh, here's a good story for you. So this would have been uh, probably my third year out of the academy. Um, it was one of my first HRSIs I did, which is a hunting-related shooting incident. Thank you. Um, it was another guy who had shot a turkey hunter. Uh, he actually shot his decoys, thought he was shooting turkeys, but ended up you know, peppering the guy who was behind Colin. Mm. So I responded to the incident and uh, handled the whole thing, and the charges worked out the way they worked out with the guy and everything. And then you fast forward a year later, I get a call from one of our regional offices out in the Southwest. And it was one of the, you know, the lieutenants out there. And he says to me, he says, hey, he says, I need to ask you about this guy. Okay. And, you know, jog my memory. You know, I remembered mm-hmm. him. He was coming on as a deputy. And the reason he was coming on as a deputy, because of the interaction we had that day 
and how everything had been handled. It impressed him so much that he decided he wanted to come on to the deputy program. So, you know, and I this know is the guy that did the shooting or got shot? This was the guy that got shot. Okay. And it was just amazing. To, you know, to me, I was like, wow, you know, I did something really good there to see that guy after he got shot in the hunting thing to say, hey, I want to go and do this. I want to help wildlife, too, and help hunters. So yeah. that was just really neat. It's kind of, you know, one of those great compliments you get, you know, from yeah, somebody. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That is, uh, that's pretty cool. And that, it's always good to hear those stories. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, that's a good story. And we, we deal with a lot of those hunting-related incidents, and those are some of the worst things we deal with. So that's actually kind of a good story. Yeah, um, you know, that's a positive one. A positive you know, one. Over the years, I'm sure you've dealt with many of mm. them, and, you know, it's always sad because generally it's always involves a loved one or right. a good friend. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just a random act, and that's what makes them so, you know, uh, emotionally, you know, hard to deal with for people. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, father son type incidents, yep. and you know, you're out there to to create those memories with your your son or your child, and you know, it, it goes bad. So yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So did you think of another good game warden story along the way here? So one of my favorite ones, uh, it's kind of whimsical uh, in, a, in a strange way, you know, and I don't like to tell, you know, the tactical ones and all that stuff because that's just what we don't do. But mm-hmm. so this would have been uh, first year out, first year out of the academy, get a call, and we do mistake kills here um, in Pennsylvania. So if you shoot something that's a mistake, you know, the antler size is wrong or off. You call. You, you can call in and yeah. we handle the process. It's no big deal. Uh, people make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. So I get uh, an incident comes up on my computer-aided dispatch. And uh, guy says he has a couple mistake kills to turn in. Well, I thought, you know, I'm thinking, you know, typo from dispatch, you know, no big deal. Mm-hmm. And, but I just kept scratching my head like, man, that seems off to me. Yeah. So uh, we have our... Uh, place where we're meeting you know guys will meet us at the end of our day you know a couple hours after dark when things calm down during the hunting season and uh he shows up and uh it's an older gentleman probably in his 80s pulls up and he's waving at me out of his truck so i go out and I walk over i'm like hey how's it going sir he's like you know i'm so and so and uh i'm turning in my mistake kills said, kills you know, with an s and he's like they're in the back <laughs> go around the back and open up the back of his truck and sure enough there are three eight points in there, all exact. I mean, they almost look like they were the same deer. Every one of them. The racks were the same. Everything was the same. So now I'm in disbelief. Like, how does this even happen? You know, how do you shoot that many deer? Yeah. <laughs> there were that many eight points in the same area yeah, at and same in the time. same place. I'm thinking this is getting a little weird. You know, I'm got to. Or do you save them up through the season and, <laughs> and turn them all in at once? That's so. what I'm starting to think. Like, uh-huh. what's going on here? <laughs> so they're all fresh and. Uh, I just I walked up and I'm like in disbelief from a young officer, you know, and I'm like, mm. what, you know, I got to hear the story. Mm. What happened? Like, how does something like this even happen? Like, are you turning these in for your friends? Like, what's going on? And he says, well, you're not going to believe it. He had his handicap placard so he could sit in his vehicle, use it as a blind, all that. I had all his mm-hmm. permits. And he said, well, my son took me up on the mountain, put me in a spot. He said, I could look down through and I could see in between two big pines. It was the only shooting lane I had says well first thing in the morning he says one's coming down right there there's a good trail my son said says so i shot deer disappeared thought i missed it completely so make a long story short this proceeds to happen four times throughout the day because he thought it was the same deer circling so he (laughs) shoots four times dark comes his boy comes out the woods and uh 
says, you know, what's going on? He says, he goes, I was so mad about this rifle. I think the scope got knocked when we were coming in. It's shooting off. I shot a couple times. You better just go check for blood for me. Sun goes down. Well, here he was shooting them, and there was a ledge there, like a six-foot ledge where this uh-huh. trail was. Yeah. They were stacked up like cordwood. He made perfect shots on all of them. On every time. <laughs> they just kept flopping down. He goes, my son's probably never going to talk to me again. He said, I'm not allowed to hunt for the next five years. Wow. <laughs> what are the chances, right? Yeah, exactly. Just, what are the chances? You know, it's just so many crazy little stories that we run into. I'm sure you've got a hundred mm-hmm. of them like that, you know. Not a hundred. We don't have story. enough deer in New Hampshire for that. <laughs> well, we got, we got some great deer here. In we, we got, we got, I got a moose story like that, yeah. but it wasn't mine, but it was in my area and... Three moose, long distance shots, and yeah. yep, they just they kept falling down. And when they they got up there, they, they and they only had found one, so they thought they only killed one. And then when we got there, we found another one. Yep. So and that's a pretty good picture, actually. Uh, the three moose on on it, actually. So they shot four, I believe, because we we let them have one for. Yep. And same same as this one, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, then we uh, we took three, so they shot four moose. Uh, again, the, the same type of scenario. Yep. Um, they were fined and they lost their license, but they were from they were non-residents, so they really didn't care. But right. that's kind of a neat thing that you have. You can turn in a mistake. Yeah, it is. You know, and it, it, it keeps the guys honest. You it know encourages. I mean? and it encourages that. Yeah. You know, because um, people do make mistakes. It mm-hmm. happens. You know, it's right. It does happen. You know, you get uh, a little buck that's in some brush and it moves a little bit or something, or one passes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it happens. It, or it a shoot through. Sometimes, yeah. that, you know, you shoot you know, shoot a yep. buck, there's a doe behind it. You shoot a doe, there's a buck behind it. Absolutely. You know, I've had that happen before, and it's just, uh, but it's nice that they pick up the phone and they, they just give a call. Yeah, I, I and it's, a, you know, it's a simple process. Nobody, you know, gets in trouble for it. You know, it's processing fee for the yeah. paperwork. We, we've always written tickets on it. You never lost your license over it. But right. Just didn't want to encourage that behavior. Right. You know, t- take a little time, you know. And make sure what you're shooting. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Make sure yeah. what you're shooting. <laughs> and sometimes it's inevitable. One of one of the best hunters I know uh, had shot two moose. You know, he shot one going in in one way and, and shot one going out the other. And he took the one that going out because that's the one he said. Well, he hit the other one too going in. And again, there were two bulls that yep. were similar. Um, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, but it happens. It does. It you know, does. Mistakes happen in hunting. That's that's it just does, life. You know, and uh, I I tell everybody. I use this as an analogy. I'm just an open book. You know, I just, it is what it is to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling a guy last year, I said, you know, I was out hunting. said, finally got a day to run out in archery season, grab my stuff, boogied out on the farm, crawled up my tree. Just happy to finally just kind of settle down, get a mm. little day to do some archery hunting. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what, where's my license? Started digging around, digging in my wallet. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't have it on me. This is not good, you know. I'm like, if I get a deer, I can't tie, I can't anything. So unfortunately, you know, I did what any good game warden should do. I climbed down out of my tree and went back home. And you know what? I'll go out the next day. Or yeah, something, exactly. You know? yeah, was, that was a waste of a morning. So it was just kind of sit like, there, yeah. drink coffee, and, d- d- and yeah. then, uh, I actually I was uh, working for U.S. Fish and Wildlife out in Oregon, in Washington, for as a duck cop basically out there. And I checked a Washington State game warden, and he didn't have his license on him. <laughs> And, and he was a long ways from his vehicle, and he got up, and he walked to that vehicle, and he apologized immensely. He's like, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm, yeah. And I'm like, it's no big deal to me. And to be honest with you, I would have just let them all hunt. Even even I would have yeah. let a hunter hunt if, yeah. you know, check. We didn't have the ability to check, but uh, they were believable. Yep. 
We can check later. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I've done that. You know, we pull them up, hit them on the radio now. Our radio systems are so good now. Your radio I'm wins. glad yours are. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> not a, that's not something that's mimicked across the United States. So. No, that's true. I'll tell you, our first radio system wasn't much better than a uh, good walkie-talkie. Yeah, the um, two, you had the two cans with a string between the two? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were the fancy ones. Yeah. <laughs> they were the fancy ones. Uh, you get the plastic ones so they wouldn't melt in the rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they've came a long way. So, you know, same thing. You know, you run into a hunter, you know, just call it in. He's got mm-hmm. everything he needs. You know, hey, I get it. As long as he doesn't need his tags for big game or anything, he's good to go. Yeah. I always uh, hear from other police officers, as you guys deal with guys with guns all the time. Is that unnerving? You get used to it, and you yeah. start reading people, uh, yeah. demeanors and things like that. But it, it, it's normal for us. I took the chief of police uh, in one of my local towns out, check hunters one day. He, he was like, I don't like this, man. Everybody's got a gun. I'm like, well, you just got to start reading people. And most yep. of our checks, 90% of the people we check are great people. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, hunters are great people. Uh, they are. I mean, what a better job than to be able to go and engage with people, especially when we enjoy the outdoors like we do, mm. and be able to just engage those people and talk with them and enjoy hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you were down there. I was telling you the story about helping drag a bear out last year uh, with that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's where I drew the line. I didn't help yeah. them in that. <laughs> Man, I, I hiked up in. Uh, some boys got some a nice bear, a little 200-pound female. Really great, beautiful bear. Great hide on it. And uh, it's probably a good mile up in this big hollow. And I was like, well, I'm here, man. I might as well help you guys. There's only two of them. I was like, I hope you guys get it out. And now I know why I don't hike in that far to go bear hunting. Yeah. That was brutal dragging mm-hmm. that thing out of there. Because yeah. they're just, it's not like dragging a deer. No, it's a bowl full of jelly you're yeah. dragging. It, it rolls, it <laughs> twists. It oh. gets stuck on everything. My buddy is a bear guide, and he got the, the U.S. Army uh, stretchers. Yeah. That's how he hauls them out. So he puts them on the stretcher, and they pick up the stretcher, and they walk because it's kind of narrow. It can be narrow. And, you know, that he's, he's hauled out, you know, 300-pound bears on a stretcher. He says, oh, you, those you try to get four guys and one on each side, and, you know, yeah. it goes fairly good. But he's like, you know, that's what he runs them out of the woods with, which is pretty slick. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I can tell you dragging them is not the way to no, go. No, <laughs> no. Nope. And then some of the, the folks I know that hunt with dogs, and they, they do kill them. You know, they'll process them right there in the woods, leave yeah. the bones in the woods, and take Looking the back, and that's meat. how I would do it. Yes. And after dragging that one all the way out, that's definitely how I'd go. Yeah. Well, I, I got a little bear story to tell you. My son's first bear, we killed over dogs in the woods. We packed it out, and we had to cross the upper Amanusik Na- River. Yeah, which isn't a, it's not a big river, mind you, but I had all this bear meat on the back and I am getting close to the edge and I slip and I fall. And so I must have 100 pounds of bear meat in this pack and I'm, I'm just able to grab the shoreline and grab trees and pull myself up. Of course, I don't have a life jacket on. I, who, who would have thought I was going to go across the upper Amanusik to bear hunt today? Never in my world. So I told Andrew, you know, after I got out, he's made sure I was okay. I said, I just wanted to make sure that on my gravestone it would have been killed by bear. Not not drowned in the upper Manusik, <laughs> hauling bear meat across. Oh, absolutely, it's, you know, yeah, killed by bear. So, so something you know heroic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's how it would have to read. It would, it would. So <laughs> I just wanted to make sure he understood. So if I, if something stupid like that happens to me, I, I want to make it look good, you know. Like it, and now they can laser engrave the bear on there, you know. Oh yeah, nice wildlife you know, scene. You know, maybe me fighting him or something. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's just on how you perceive it. But you absolutely, know, always think smarter, not harder. Uh, and those jellies, I've, I've I've pulled those out of the woods. They're not fun at all. No, they're just so tough. Mm-hmm. You know, so tough. 
And bear meat's uh, underestimated, too. Uh, some of these chefs in here, they love bear meat. I work at a community college, and we have a culinary part. And uh, the head chef there, he loves bear meat. He's yeah. like, you know, it's unutilized. People don't treat it right. And he is absolutely right. He's 100% right. I'm a big bear meat guy. Mm. Love bear meat. Um, I, I've never had bear where I didn't like it. You know, it's all in the preparation. Absolutely. You know, you got to get rid of the fat. And you are what you eat. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Got to get rid of that fat. Mm -hmm. That fat just has that funk to it Absolutely. for some reason. Yep. The meat is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had an old timer tell me, he said, uh, use that fat. I'm like, for what? He's like, oh, you got to render it down and make <laughs> cooking lard out of it. And I'm telling, ever since he told me that, it's some of the best cooking lard huh. I've ever had. See, I've rendered it down and used it on my boots, my leather yes. boots. So when it, it goes in nice and it keeps oh, it supple. It's, it's amazing. And the Limmer Boot guys told me to do that because uh, they have this beeswax and bear fat thing that they use yeah. too. But I'm like, well, just how if I use the bear fat? They're like, yeah, that's 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 great, Wayne. Just keep putting bear fat on it. So yeah. I rendered my own bear fat down, and uh, but I never I've never cooked with bear. So the trick to it is, uh, an old timer told me you get you know have do it outside. Yeah. Get like one of those cast iron like Dutch oven type size pots. Uh -huh. Put it in the refrigerator so it gets hard. Okay. Cut it up into like one inch cubes. Just throw it in there on like a medium heat. Uh huh. And it'll start rendering down, and you'll be surprised how much oil comes out of it. And then once they start to turn like a brownish color, mm -hmm. they'll look like cracklings. Yeah. And it almost gets like a sweet smell to it. At first, you're thinking, I'm just going to throw this down over the bank because it smells so bad. Uh huh. But it'll get a sweet smell to it. Just strain it off through cheesecloth. Best cooking lard you ever had. Amazing. Huh. There's huh. a lady uh, that wins a uh, pie cooking contest by us every year at one of the fairs, and uh, she swears by using bear lard because she's always plugging me. Can I get some bear lard? Can I get some bear fat off you? And you just told her secret on uh, the Warden's Watch yeah, podcast. How about it? There so. it is, man. It's out there now. <laughs> Look out. Pie competitions are going to ramp up this year. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. You know, and and uh, we, we eat what we kill. That's, the, that's yeah. the great thing, and we know where our food comes from. That's just yeah. the success of the meat eater. I mean, he, he brought that full circle. How about it? It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I love... You know, when I was younger, you know, you always want to get a big rack, big rack or something on a deer. But uh, mm -hmm. as I've gotten older, I've really just enjoyed, you know, just eating the wild game that we go out and harvest. Yeah. You know, the whole processes of going out and hunting and getting some pheasants and, and those all that yearling stuff. deer are so oh, tasty, it's amazing. Cut them with a fork. Yes, so oh, delicious. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like shooting a buck because, you know, I'm just like the typical male exactly. uh, that wants that rack every now and then. But, man, when it comes to eating, nothing beats a yearling. How about it? Just yeah. good and tender and just delicious, great taste. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. wonderful. Yeah, you're making me hungry. I know. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm like, man, need me some back straps. Oh, man. So th this show's been going on for a long time, huh? And you guys have been coming here for a long time as well? Yeah. we've Ever since I can remember, we've been coming to the show, and uh, we've always been very well received, you mm -hmm. know, being the, the hunting public here. And it's just been outstanding. You, you guys are getting so much interaction here. It just blows my mind on how much. I mean, it's a long show. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But with rolling people in and out, you're really connecting with your hunting public, and I can see that you probably have one of the largest hunting populations there is. And I'm, I'm really happy. That says a lot about our hunters. You know, I'm so happy they're coming up and engaging us. You know, mm. I've been to places, you know, and worked, you know, fairs, you know, with local officers, and just nobody comes over. Like, yeah. They just don't want to engage. 
and I love engaging. You yeah, know, just and if they're not engaging you, you're engaging them, aren't you? Yeah, trying, yeah, mm-hmm. anywhere we can. You know, yeah. I just I love to get out there and engage the public and, you know, hear about their hunting stories, you know, mm-hmm. or – I love to hear about a young man that come up to me over here on the other side and was telling me about his first buck he got was this year. Oh, that's just awesome. what a great story, yeah. you know, just to engage with them. And the yeah. fact that he wanted to tell the game warden that he got his first deer this year. Just well, it tells you it was legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we know of, right? No. We, most kids are great. They, <laughs> they you, are. you can tell who shot that deer when they come yep. up to you. It's because they, they want you to know. They want you to hear the story. Yep. Uh, the kid that doesn't want to say anything and hangs his head, that means dad shot his deer for him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's that definitely happens yeah you can't make that up either you, no. you can't put that thrill in any any anybody um nope. so yeah, we, we we can tell right away That's and like, uh to take that away from a kid is a crime in itself yeah yeah uh, i love teaching hunter eds mm-hmm. hunter eds are one of my favorites i like to go out and teach them you know to the kids and engage the kids there yes because the part that i like about it is you teach them and then you end up running into them in the field and they want to tell you their story about hunting mm-hmm. so it's really great but, you know, we'll be clowning around there. And, you know, you're, there's always the one kid that, like, will tell that story. Mm. It was like, you know, dad <laughs> had the light out the window. And you can look back and, you know, instantly which dad it was. He's in the back with that panic look yeah. on his face. <laughs> exactly. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, no. I hope he doesn't talk anymore. I know you guys don't do this, but checking fishermen, I always went to the kids first and asked how the fishing was yeah. and how many fish they've caught. And oh, they're brutally caught. honest. Oh, they're brutally honest. <laughs> and again, you're right, you know, and sometimes the dad's like running almost as, <laughs> as you're talking to the kid and doesn't doesn't want you to engage him and uh, it's too late when he gets there and he can already tell it's too late. and. Yeah, then we go have a Absolutely. conversation, just me and Dad. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's interesting. You say how we're split here. You know, we got mm-hmm. fish and we got game, and we work hand-in-hand hand with each other, both mm. great agencies. And uh, the old officer in my area, I remember working trout season, first day of trout season, me and him are out. Same thing, went up to the kid first. He says, how are you doing? And you could just – I could tell right away, you know, like you talked mm. about reading that body. Dad's like, oh, no. And the kid goes, we did pretty good. We got two on the stringer and we got six in the bag back there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right then. <laughs> like, just brutally honest, you know. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I love that. that. That's a good game warden story right there. Like, he was all proud, you know. Like, oh, yeah. You want to yeah. check them too, officer? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're, they're, they're under those bushes there, and, you know, they got the moss on the top. Dad says that keeps it cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's just, you know, it's, it's amazing. You oh, know? man. And we could talk for i'm sure probably the next month here just all those great stories that we have over the years Mm. of all those great little interactions with people yeah just so many of them yeah no 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 doubt i i I enjoyed my career immensely and it's just uh been very entertaining and fun and engaging and that's what it's all about and i'm glad to see uh your officers here engaging a with recording some podcasts with me uh sending out the message uh on, on a different platform yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. It's been the hospitality here, I will say, uh, with the Pennsylvania Game Commission has been great. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time here, even though it's been a very, very, very long time here. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time to be here at the show. Uh, I tell you, you know, we love having you down here. It's great having you down here. And 
you know, we all as wardens here in PA, you know, I told you there that first day when we were hanging out that uh, you got my favorite podcast going. So yeah, you know, yeah, you made me nervous there. So. You you were saying yeah, there's only two podcasts I listen to, and I was like, oh boy, I hope one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and it is. It's so good, you know, to have. I love to see wardens, you know, like yourself and uh, John Norris mm. doing his thing, just getting all that out there. It's just so yeah. amazing to have that being put out there for people to hear us. And, you know, you hear local guys and troopers and all them talk about humanizing the badge. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of what we're doing now, you Absolutely. know, in that way. You know, guys are hearing, hey, this guy's normal, you know. Right. He's just a. I wouldn't go guy that, that far just hunting. to let you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, elk call and, the, yeah, those snakes there. Yep, yeah. I wouldn't call you normal. That's true. <laughs> this is true, you know. Nor would I call myself normal. I think we're pretty unique uh, we in are. this job. I mean, we're sitting here doing a podcast. Like, what are we? Five feet from a rattlesnake? And yeah, a a, a, yeah, I yeah. Mean, all kinds of snakes. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I mean, that's they're in those boxes. They look pretty solid. So. You know, now that you make me think about it, who does that? Who does that? <laughs> You're, you are right. There's not too many podcasts that are done with live snakes. How about it? Yeah, and we're overlooking. I bet Joe Rogan's done with live snakes. Now that I think about it, he's probably had them curling around his he mics probably and has. stuff. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're overlooking what do we got down here. A bunch of beautiful Pennsylvania white-tailed deer we're looking at uh, uh, out the front of us. Just it is amazing. I mean, what a great day. Yeah, no, it's it's been a really good day, really good time down here. Uh, I always thought, and you probably heard me say this before, you know, this is much your podcast as is mine. So wrapping up things, uh, you know, stories, uh, people love game morning stories, so I always try to squeeze more and more out of them. Oh, but, yeah. Um, but, you know, any, anything in closing, just to, to, to highlight something or, you know, I, I don't know. You've said a lot already, Brandon. I'm not going to say you haven't, <laughs> but I always want to give people their opportunity to say something just in case there is something that, that we've missed or, like I said, it's as much your podcast as it is ours. Yeah. Um, you know, game wardens, we generally don't like to, you know how we are. We don't like to talk about ourselves. We just kind of do our thing, mm-hmm. and we don't want to seem braggadocious about anything. Yeah, we'll write a book about that later. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be a good book. Well, don't we all write books when we retire? That's right. Got to write a book. <laughs> Got to write a book. Um, but, yeah, there's been so many good cases over the years and so many good officers here in PA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All my brothers across the state, and I affectionately joke, you know, that I look up to every one of the other guys. That's because you're short. Yeah. Well, okay. I definitely am, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. with you. I'm sawed off a little bit. Yeah. But I look up to all the other guys for their knowledge. Even these new guys, you know, I think you were talking. I got your deputy laughing, by the way. I think you were were talking to some of the uh, cadets over there the other day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, those guys coming out, I look up to them. And, you know, I tell them that. I'm one of the resident instructors down there. And I tell them that. And, you know, it kind of dumbfounds them at first. And I'm like, well, here's why. I'm like, you guys are coming out and you're going to rejuvenate some of those older guys and maybe get into that grind you know you see that passion that those guys have yeah and it just kind of invigorates you you know it what i mean and you're like oh yeah these guys are just they want to get after it and you're like oh, i do too you know it does. it's just amazing you know yeah. there's just nothing better in this world than being a game warden it yeah. really is you know yeah i was handing out cards talking to a podcast uh, about my podcast to somebody and, and this girl comes almost running up she's like i want to be a game warden can I have one of those cards? And I'm like, absolutely. Yep. And, here, and here's how, did you get this about how to become a, you know, a, a Pennsylvania game warden? It's a good, nice little thing right here. Handed that to her, big smile on her face. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, that was, that, was, that was kind of inspiring for me this morning because that was the first one that really ran up to me after she was hearing you know, my spiel with somebody else. Well, hopefully you'll remember, and a couple of years from now when you're back down here, you know, maybe she'll be coming through our academy. Absolutely. Do you Absolutely. remember you came up to me? Yeah. 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 Those stories, the way those things always go full circle, you know, and those little snippets of time, you know, mm. those little interactions we have and where they end up, you know, like, like the elk straw, you know? Yes. The elk bugle where I never thought we would end up where we're at. I, I think we're going to get two million. We're at 1.9 million. Uh, we're going to, uh, and yeah, who, who would have thought that? I mean, if we hit two million, I, that would just, that would blow my mind. My mind's blown already. Yeah. To, to do I, two million. I, you know, I was trying to figure out what viral was. I thought it was over 100,000, and I'm like, well, well we're we're like 1.9 million. I'm like, that doesn't even, that just boggles my mind. Yeah. I think we met the threshold, whatever yeah. the viral is. But but you think about all those non-consumptive consumptive users yes. that we're, we're, you're reaching with that. Yeah. Because I, I will tell you, you know, a, a fraction of those people hunt for sure. A, pa- a fraction of the people fish. Yep. A fraction of those people understand the outdoors. All of them understand TikTok. Yes. That's, this is true. That's it. That's you like what Morgan said to me. I made it for my generation, not yours. And if we're not doing on these platforms, reaching out to that next generation, what's going to happen in 20 years when that next generation has become adults and we haven't reached them at that age? Exactly. You know, we all see our hunting, you know, that age group of that hunting, the, you know, they're slowly getting older and, mm-hmm. you know, engaging these kids, you know, like my daughter, she's 18 now. And, you know, she, she doesn't really care to go deer hunting. She just it wasn't her cup of tea. Yeah. Loves turkey hunting. Just loves it. Cool. And she loves trapping. Nice. Just loves trapping, going out trapping. So of Very all cool. things, you know, hey, there's so many different things you can do in Absolutely. the hunting world. Find one. The outdoor enjoy. world. It's just amazing. Yeah. You know, find one and enjoy it and get yeah. immersed in it. You know? Yeah. And I, and I am going to give a little shout out here to Ty Runyon. He's an Oklahoma game warden. He's on TikTok. That guy kills it. He's making that connection to this next generation. That's what uh, it's all about. Yeah, with his department's blessing and... Yeah, I, I just think it's great, and he certainly helped me when I first got on TikTok. He thought he reached right out to me. He's like, "I see you're on TikTok, man," and, you know. <laughs> and I, I follow him, and I appreciate what he's doing because he he does things I can't do. Yeah. So uh, you know, this networking—that's that's really what you know. Mm-hmm. It's so great to network with guys from all over, and you know, the game wardening. You know, being a warden, game warden. You know, fish and wildlife, whatever part you are in your state. You know, whatever moniker you have. It's amazing how small we are, but how how far we spread out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I got buddies in Georgia, Louisiana, yeah. guys in Texas, guys in Florida, you know, all, just all New over Hampshire. the place. New Hampshire? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Got them all over. And you keep those connections and mm-hmm. talk. And, you know, I never in a million years thought it would be like, you know, hey, I've been traveling and be like, hey, man, I'm in the area. Oh, yeah, man, come over to the house. You yep. know, you just meet those connections. And mm-hmm. it's neat to hear what's going on in other parts of the state. And that, that's why they love Warden's Watch. They love hearing about other states and the differences. Yep. And it's just that that intrigues them. And there's always a little bit of difference. Yeah. Uh, and Pennsylvania is a lot of bit of difference. Two different agencies doing what generally one agency does yep. and working well together. Yeah, uh, that that's something you should be very proud of. Yeah, it is. You know, generally you would think that you would see type of because yeah. we do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, a little bit of that grind in the axe, but we don't. You know, yeah. the, you know the fish commission they're they're great here. Um, they're super supportive of us and vice versa. You yeah, know? and I've seen they that. jump in and help us. And you know, the hunting season we help them in the the fishing season. So it's just it's, yeah. it's amazing. Great relationship. That brotherhood of all of us working together for that one common goal. You know, mm-hmm. that protection of wildlife. You know, that thin yeah. green line that we talk about. Yeah, no doubt. It's just great stuff. You know. Yeah, that, that was a good way to wrap it up, man. Yeah, you know, 
That was good. So, hey, thanks so much uh, for joining me. Pennsylvania Game Commission, Game Warden, Brandon Feister. Feaster. Feaster. God, I did it. I knew it. <laughs> you knew you were going to do it. I, I knew it. I'm, I'm like looking purpose. at I'm looking at your name, and I'm like, <laughs> silent, silent. Uh, yeah. So I can cut that out later. Nah, that's fine. Thanks, we'll, we'll thanks for it. everything, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, got the best podcast going in my book, buddy. Great. Thanks, Brandon. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigations, murder investigations, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women who call themselves game wardens. This is game warden Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch.